In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Robert Pattison about some of the lessons learned growing a million-dollar e-commerce business. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 109. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky, and I'm here today with Robert Patterson. Robert is the founder of Sheath Underwear, a veteran-owned and operated clothing brand that he started while deployed in Iraq in 2008. I've asked Robert on the show today to talk about some of the lessons he's learned scaling his business over a million dollars. So, hey, Robert, how are you doing today? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's excellent to have you on. Um, super interested in digging into the brand and kind of how you started. I love talking to retailers that, you know, this is on their whole like journey and kind of how they began and where they are now. Um, so first of all, what is the brand? What do you guys sell? And where did you, you started this when you were in Iraq, you were deployed in Iraq, correct? Yes, sir. I, I joined the army in 2006 during the height of the Iraq war. And um, I was in Iraq that same year, six months after I joined. And as you all know, it's hotter than the devil's balls there. If you've heard things, it's very hot. And there's, uh, as guys, we typically, when we get hot, we can get uncomfortable um, in different places, primarily in your underwear. And I, you know, it's typically men will have to readjust when it's too hot, things get sticky, sweaty, uncomfortable. And I was there wearing my full army battle rattle gear. And when you're wearing all this gear, it's hard to readjust. And so I had this epiphany because I was really uncomfortable. It was very, it's not the funnest subject to talk about, like it's not, or cool per se, but a lot of guys understand, they get the point and get the idea behind the underwear immediately. So what I, what I thought of was if there was a pouch inside the underwear, isolating your boys from your inner thighs, you wouldn't have to readjust. And I wasn't trying to create some million dollar company I just was trying to prevent myself from having to readjust at the moment, you know. So I literally went to the, they, we have like little stores in Iraq, like little mini Walmarts, and I bought some underwear, some scissors, and I drew out kind of the design that I kind of envisioned in my mind. And I took it to Taylor. We had some tailors out there in Iraq because in the army, you have to be, uh, your uniform needs to be fitting you properly. So we always have tailors available. And I, but they've never had anyone bring underwear, I would presume, to have underwear tailored. And so they snickered at me a little bit. They, they must have thought you were, you were real, uh, real fancy getting your underwear tailored. Yeah, they were just like, what is this guy doing here? But they made them, and it was a very raw prototype. The pouch was actually too small, and there was a lot of – that was in 2008. It's 2019. We've had multiple – revisions and generations issued and produced since since then and you know we didn't even start the company until two years later because like I said I was just st doing it for myself you know and as I told other people you know just in conversations they were like that sounds like a good idea <laughs> you know I mean like they got it nobody was ever like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of 
every now and then we'll get somebody that's kind of rude in that way. Like I don't wear underwear or, but typically during the beginning phase of the, the conception, people were really supportive and, and enthusiastic about pushing me to develop it into a natural product. And so a couple of years later, you know, we went ahead and, and did that and it was a horrible experience. First off, these things don't happen easily. And we, I had a production in 2010, but it was totally rushed. Like I was so excited about the idea that when they sent me the prototypes, I was like, it's good enough. You know, I was like, but it wasn't good enough. In fact, it was nowhere near good enough. And it actually ended up setting us back like three years because I had spent my last $5,000 on this production to, you know, start the company. And then when, when I started handing them out to friends and family, they were like, it's okay. You know, they were like being nice, but it wasn't good enough, like I said. And so I had to go back to the drawing board. And I actually then got out of the army and went and worked at a tailor. And what year was that? And this was 2012. Okay. So four years so, later at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, just, you can't just get out of the army. You have to kind of finish your, your, uh, term of contract. And I actually had gone on another, and this was actually on my, it was actually on my second deployment that the idea came to me. It wasn't even on my first deployment. So at that, I had, you know, I went in 2006, came back and I was a super soldier, if you will, not to brag because I'm not, you know, like gifted athletically or mentally or any kind of, I'm very average in every, you know, aspect, height, everything, except maybe my heart. Like I have like, a, my desire is probably a lot stronger than a, a normal person's because maybe I felt like I always had to try harder in sports growing up, um, like basketball, you know, if you're, everyone else was bigger, faster, and stronger than me. So I always had to, you know, push myself to the actual, like extreme limit to the point of injury. I would, I would push myself. I wanted to be the, in the NBA when I was in a teenager. I think a lot of boys do. And, uh, you know, just that didn't happen, but I was able to take that work ethic and transfer it to life. And I, you know, and I had multiple jobs before I before I joined the army and I always sort of excelled amongst my peers. And like when I joined the army, I beat everyone in my battalion in physical fitness. There's cause they test you and you know, you get scored and I beat everyone 200 plus people. And I got this special ceremonial award that, and then I got an AIT, which is advanced individual training. I, I got the honor grad. Um, and then when I got to my unit, you know, I was just, I, I, I love the army. It was actually really fun. And, um, it helped me develop as a man, you know, and mature and push myself and see what I was capable of. But like I said, but I had this idea in, in Iraq and then they wanted to send me back for the third time in like three or four years. So I was kind of getting, um, mixed messages and, you know, about what we were doing there and like, is it still like, do I even still believe in this? And, um, 
I had a family and a daughter and like, I'm just, what am I doing with my life? And I have this idea and people are pushing me to move forward with it. In, in particular, my younger brother who is still, he's a partner of my, uh, in, in the company and he came up with the name Sheath and just really motivated me to move forward with it. And so I ended up getting out of the army to pursue this, but like I said, it, it wasn't easy going at the beginning, and so and there was a setback. So I went and worked for this tailor to redesign the prototype, and we ended up. It took about a year, but I came up with a, a, a workable prototype. We did a Kickstarter in 2013. I'm sure you've heard of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it was successful. So you guys did a Kickstarter to so folks were funding product development. To, um... Was it for a new product or was this, was it for, did you already have the brand going and fans or was this a completely new, like, was it completely new, the brand at the time, or did you already have the brand and you're just launching a new product? We, we had kind of, we come up with a brand in 2010 when I made that initial investment that was not up to like the quality or, or, or comfort, comfort that our customers would enjoy. So that, like I said, that had set us back three years and we had to redesign it. So we, but we did have the brand. If you look on Twitter, our born on date is in 2010, but we didn't launch until like relaunch until 2013. And we really didn't have a huge fan base. No, like it wasn't like we reached out to all of our huge fan base and, and they helped fund the, the idea. In fact, Barely anyone we knew helped fund the idea. It was it's kind of funny how when you're putting yourself out there and going for your dream, how few friends and family actually jump in to support the uh, endeavor. It was 95% strangers, you know. Wow. So how did you you reach all the strangers through Kickstarter or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I've talked to other folks even on the podcast where, you know, they use their existing list to try to to build up the Kickstarter. Um, Absolutely. And it sounds like, so that was not something you did. You just kind of put it on Kickstarter and, but it worked and you raised it. It did work. What was the I goal? mean, we did, uh, there, it was 8,000 and okay. we ended up ra raising 13 plus thousand, which isn't like this blowing us out of the water type of a success. You know, we, I've seen some people make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on their uh, first Kickstarter, but it wasn't quite that successful. But it was just enough to get the, this batch produced. In fact, funny story, not that funny, but I had put, I had already put a down payment on the production. So if we, and I didn't have any more money. So if we didn't come up with the, you know, if we weren't successful, I was going to have to sell my car probably to, to, uh, pay the balance due, but it put a lot of pressure on us to be successful and, and it worked. It's, fun, it's funny you said, so we're talking before the show about, you were saying you're all in on the brand. You're showing me you have a yes. tattoo of the logo, right? Is that, can we talk? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's funny because, so episode, um, what is it? The past, uh, last week, um, Kylar was talking to her about kind of how she started a brand, that sort of thing. But exact opposite approach on these, she was taking very um, like incremental baby steps, like stair-stepping her way into the brand. And it kind of sounds like your approach to doing this is literally the exact opposite of all in and kind of put it on the line and just go for it. Is that kind of like a theme that you have? Is that kind of? Yeah. Well, let me, and, and to 
expand on that. I read a book that I recommend to everyone. Pretty much everyone knows it's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And one of the stories that is also kind of popular and you hear other people talking about it is if you want to take an island, you have to like burn the ships that you float, that you went there on that gives you no retreat, no surrender. You got to go and almost, I get emotional because, you know, it, we didn't know, you don't know, you know, you, but you, you believe in it and I believed in it. And I, and I knew like, I wasn't lying to myself. I was like, I love this product. I believe in it. And if I really do believe in it, other people are going to be out there and we're not that different as humans. We pretty, pretty similar and in a lot of ways, you know, we might think a little bit differently, but for the most part, we're very similar. So I was like, if I believe in it, I'll find an audience that also believes in it. And that kind of carried me through the first part of, of the process. And I'm going to just show these people yeah. real quick the tattoo. because If you're watching on a video, you should definitely check out either YouTube or Facebook right now. So there you, so, wow, there you go. I, just, I got it tattooed like all the way across my back so that if I wanted to quit, they would remind me that... Uh, it's not really an option. And, and part of the thinking behind that is if someone were to ask me 10 years later, what's that tattoo on your back? I would have to respond. Oh, that's just some dream I gave up on. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny. I think, I think there's a personality thing where some people that's, they want that they thrive into that. And that is their thing. And other people it's the exact opposite. And it sounds like you're just one of those people that this is what you need. Like this is you. Um, I needed the pressure to yeah. put on myself to never, you know, just because it's so easy to give up. I mean, at the first sign of defeat, anytime an obstacle presents itself, it's like, oh, that's too hard. And everyone's kind of encouraging you, like my brother, my grandmother and other friends, like, get a, when are you going to get a real job? You know, like, just give up on that. It's not going to work. There's too many other big companies out there. It's too competitive and you can't win. Yeah. Well, and the thing about business you kind of find is as you're growing, like each time you're getting larger, it's basically just going to be the next series of challenges that you don't know how to deal with. You've never seen before something bad happens. You're basically trying to push up against this wall. And each time you grow, you're pushing against the same wall, and the, but there's different challenges each time. And you're almost, you're pretty much not equipped to deal with any of these each time. And you have to just figure them out every, and it just, and unless you're getting smaller or just, I don't know, somehow staying the same size, every time you grow, it's the same thing. There's a wall, there's new challenges, and you just have to figure it out. Or it, Exactly. Yeah. The, the Obstacle is the Way is a book by some guy. Pretty, I mean, you have to overcome these obstacles. And, you know, I said we were successful on this first Kickstarter, and we got a successful production from the money that we got from all our uh, backers, we get the product, we ship it out. Everyone's happy. People start reordering. We sell out of our gray and black pairs. So I'm like, okay, we need more gray and black. Contact the manufacturer, put in the order, send them all the money that we had made. We, so now I just sent all, we're like, sent all the money that we had. And when we got the second batch, it was completely foobarred and unsellable. 
the the pouches were all mangled. I'm like, why did they even send this? I mean, like, why go through with sending it? They might as well have sent me nothing because I couldn't sell it. And what that ended up doing is putting us pretty much back to square one. No product, no money. Um, but I didn't give up. I had the tattoo on my back already at this point, and I was like, regardless, we're going to find a way. And as it would happen, fate intervened, and a manufacturer reached out to us that specialized in men's underwear, and they only made men's underwear, you know, whereas this other company, I was trying to find somebody to make my product, and and I found someone, and they made it, but having a specialty manufacturer produce the product was such a huge improvement. In fact, they improved the prototype that I ended up sending them. And so they sent me back this prototype and I, I put them on and it was like angels singing. It was like, Oh, it was, they were so comfortable. And I felt this rush of reassurance that I was on the right track you know because it's hard man it's not easy it's not easy like we still run into challenges every year you know i I, like it's funny it's funny you said the obstacles away and i just have to kind of stop there because we didn't plan this but i literally have a coin in my pocket that actually says that on it uh from from that i actually bought it from that guy that um i forget his name with that great ryan's ryan ryan holiday there you go um, so it's a stoic quote, um, the impedance and on the other side, impedance to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And that's kind of the theory of that book. I love it. Wow. Um, so I literally carry this around every day, this coin in my pocket. That's amazing. Uh, from, so Ryan Holiday, if you go to his website, you can buy the same coin. So very not, cool. Not quite a tattoo, but yeah, you should definitely have that, uh, have one of these. It's great. I, I mean, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a valuable message because people typically run away from obstacles when you want to run towards them and face it and overcome it and that's how you'll become successful and you have but you have to have like an unwavering faith in your ability to do that you know and it's so like it's hard to um block out negative feedback from friends and family who are typically going to be the most negative when you try to do something outside of the norm. They want you going to job, going to the nine to five, just like them and struggling just like them and, you know, doing it with them. But it's like rats in a, in a or, or crabs in a bucket, you know, trying to pull you down. And I know that, I don't know if that's exactly the mentality. Maybe they were just looking out for my best interests, but you know, I was, I was a hundred percent confident that it was going to work because I put them on and I loved it. And I was like, these are gold. And so what we ended up having to do another Kickstarter that very next year and it was successful. And on that, uh, at that time we did use some of our previous customers. So we were able to more than double, well, not more than double, we got 22, 23,000, on that second Kickstarter that got us our next production. And was that to launch a new product? It was this, yeah, it was the same brand, same product, just a better version. Okay, so just V2 of whatever. So yes, you had the current list, people that have already kind of bought into the V1, let's say, and you said, hey, we're redesigning these features and, you know, but we need, we need some upfront capital to 
make a go of it. And people kind of rallied behind you and went for it. They did. Very cool. It was, and it was amazing. Yeah. The support that you get, because Kickstarter is kind of a cool website for people that have become like that are trying to launch a product, but also for people that are successful to go on and support other entrepreneurs who are trying something new. And I feel like there was a lot of that, just people with good hearts trying to help out. They, they may not even know, you know, like, like the product or anything. They just see you going for your dream and they want to kind of just lift you up a little bit, give you a tiny little handout to move forward. And, um, and it, I mean, it was kind. Of, it all happened so perfectly with the internet being around. Like, if this had happened 30 years ago, I would not be successful. Without Kickstarter, I don't think I would have been successful. And you know, so the timing was perfect for everything to manifest itself the way it did. And since that 2014 Kickstarter, we've doubled revenue annually every year and last year we made a million dollars you know for the first time which is obviously a pretty huge benchmark thank you and uh you know this year we were going to 10x we're going to 10x like grant cardone right but (laughs) and i took out about 150,000 in loans to buy a a bunch of inventory and and really prepare ourselves for this huge wave of customers that was going to come our way and it didn't quite happen, and we're not even two xing this year, which we've done every year up to this point. But we're gonna we're gonna grow by about a half a million in sales, so it's not horrible. Fifty percent growth is still a respectable growth rate. Well, if, you, if you told um, you, if you told yourself in uh, two thousand eight that you're gonna only grow by half a million, you would. <laughs> yeah. You talking to your two thousand eight self, you would have uh, had a very different perspective on only growing by half a million. Yeah, my brother tells me that sometimes, but it, you know, he's like, "Just like, did you ever think we would be here?" And and it's, it's like, it's, but it's still never good enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's never. We, I still want more, because I want to take care of my family and and the people that have supported me up to this point. I have a team of about ten contractors slash employees, and I, you know, I pay them enough to survive but i want them all to be driving in lambos you know yeah at least have that opportunity so what's kind of next how are you reaching so you're saying you're doubling every couple of years mm-hmm. past years how are you mm-hmm. how are you reaching this new audience how are you finding this new market what are you doing to double um it's a lot of friends telling their friends but as far as advertising we're using facebook and google and Critio at the moment which we're looking into other alternatives because it kind of seems like those avenues are losing the ROI that we there had once been like with the algorithms and just other competitors. It's very, um, there's a lot of people congested, you know, so we sponsored this Colorado Springs switchback soccer team. And, um, part of the promotion was that we were going to give away 2000 pairs to the first 2000 attendees. And that's another sort of thing we've been doing is just getting the product in people's hands to, you know, let them try it. You know, the proof is in the pudding. If, you, if you've if you never tried it, it might even seem sort of weird to you. I'm not sure if the, I did kind of explain it to at the beginning, but let me just 
re-explain what the product is because it looks like normal underwear on the outside, but it's not normal underwear. I'm gonna I'll have a for your people that are just listening. I'll I'll, I'll uh, kind of try to describe it, but they look like regular. If you are, if you are just listening, we have this on YouTube and Facebook. You can actually see it right now. So yeah, um, I hate that I'm using. Let me pull out one of our our newer prototypes. So. Because that was a brief version, and it's a little bit harder to see. But so this is our new 2.1 Army Green trunk. They look like regular underwear on the outside, but it's not what's on the outside that's important. Like my mama said, it's what's on the inside <laughs> that truly matters. And so there's a pouch. Okay. That, and yeah, when you see this on video, you definitely get the. Okay. And so I call it an inverted kangaroo pouch for your Joey. Yep. To put your Joey in the pouch <laughs> and it isolates it from uh, sticking between your legs, essentially. It doesn't really, it's not like a push up bra or anything. It just, but it does give a slight hint of pronounced endowment. It gives you, you know, it makes you look a little bit like you <laughs> pack in a little bit of heat down there, but not, that's not the point. And, it just so happens to be a slight side effect that people do comment on, whoa, I look like the man now, you know, when they're wearing it. Their women tend to think they look a little bit sexier than normal. These are things that we've heard and I've heard personally. So, and um, But it's all about the comfort and that's where we focused on and that's what guys appreciate about the product. And, and a lot of older guys who would be very hard to – um, convinced to try something new, they get it and they love it and they replace their entire underwear drawer. And I'm, you know, if you go to sheathunderwear.com and look at the reviews, they're all real. There's like thousands of them, and um, some of them, some people don't like them. Some people are like, ah, eh, it's not for me. Uh, but the majority, I would say, uh, appreciate it at least, and and uh, around thirty to fifty percent of our customers come back. And so we just keep, it's about just churning that new customer um, rate and just keep getting new and returning customers to come back and tell their friends. And we're, we're just starting a new like loyalty program where you get points for referring friends and things like that. So you can get free underwear that hasn't started yet. We're, I mean, we're going to launch that in about a month with a company called swell. We use Yachtpo for our reviews, which allows people to leave reviews, but also us to get that star rating on, on a Google search when, you know, you'll see some links that have the star ratings below it. And that tends to lend some sort of credibility for, for the potential new customers. We're always trying to show credibility, you know, legitimacy. We have a UFC fighter named Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who has the most fights, most wins, and most knockouts ever in the history of the organization. He's wearing them. Michael Bisping, former UFC middleweight champion, he's loving them. Robert Oberst is this strong man. I'm dropping some names here. Um, no, I, li I like it. Because yeah. that, that on the site, dropping the names, like, it sounds like... As a no normal person, it sounds ridiculous, but you you have to do it because that is what shows the credibility. That shows these people, they're athletes, they're, you know, just this, there's someone that people aspire to be like, and they like it. And if you want to be like them, you should have the same thing too. So that is what kind of, dropping the name, it's not just to do it to say, look where, you know, this whatever size, but it's to do it to say, 
they like it, so maybe you will too. And the way, and the way, you know, I don't know about other men, but the way I kind of buy um, the underwear sock drawer is kind of find one that I like, throw everything away, start over, wear them for X amount of time, and then just repeat the process. If I like that, just find it for everything. <laughs> it's literally, they're all exactly the same age. So I'm actually looking for new socks right now. But once the socks wear out, I start saying, all right, we need new socks. And I just literally disregard 100% of them and just restart the sock drawer. And then Interesting. Goes on. Yeah. And I don't know if that's I've typical never... of how men do this. No, I yeah. don't think so. I think it's usually, you know, one by one or, you know, a few here, a few there, and you have your, your A-team underwear and then your, <laughs> like, B bench underwear. And a lot of people, you know, they'll buy one pair and, and then they'll have to wa – they'll literally start washing that pair every day until they, their next order comes in. And I'm not kidding. You know what I'm saying? Like that sounds like kind of like I'm trying to sell you something. This is just what people tell me they do. And I'm like, really? Our underwear changed your life? Like they'll say stuff like that. And I'm not joking. It made me – it made this one guy feel sexy. And then he starts working out and you know, it helped him get the motivation to get back in shape. And it – and it's cool. And so we're kind of also trying to promote that our brand in, in, in alignment with a healthy lifestyle, you know, so like yoga, meditation, martial arts, and, and everything that comes with uh, mental well-being, physical well-being. And we want that associated with sheaths. Well, that's kind of when you, when, when I see the product, right, you start thinking, if I'm at the gym doing CrossFit, doing yoga, um, even like playing football, there's just certain times where like your underwear just needs to work correctly. Like you just can't worry about that. You do, you know, when you're in the middle of playing football, you can't think about that. That's just not like something, but it gets in the way when you're at the gym in the middle of, you know, CrossFit or doing like an Ironman type, you just, you cannot worry about that. Um, so this yeah. is just something you just, you need it to work and not fail in those times. And it, I mean, one, one of our sales pitches kind of is like, it allows you to focus on the task at hand. Uh, we, we promote to hunters and fishermen, also outdoorsmen. And, you know, like, so if you're, if you're cast in a line and, you know, the, if you go in your, if you go to like readjust, you might miss the hook, you know, when, when, yep. because, or, or there's a shot that you want to take for on an animal or whatever. And you go, you take your hand down to readjust. Then all of a sudden, you know, you miss the shot and it really does prevent that typical irritation that we get that forces us to readjust. You might be trying to meditate and you're like, okay, now I got this itch and you got to reach down and like unstick. And so this takes that step out of the process and you can just focus on what you're doing. Is that market segment something that you knew going into this or did you like, was this something you just kind of stumbled on and started through iterations or did you know we're building a brand for these people or was this just, you thought you were building a brand for you and just kind of found other people like you? How did that kind of, what direction did you take that? I mean, like I said, it was originally just for me and then a couple of friends, I was handing them out. So it, it, it was like a process, you know, I was going to just market to military men at first because I was in the military. That's what I knew. And then we, but we tip, we actually didn't go that route. I really did not feel like exploiting my service was the angle I wanted to pursue at the beginning. Now we kind of say, you know, it's veteran owned and, um, and all that, but I wanted the product to speak for itself 
and it's it's all it was just strictly about the functionality it works it's good and you don't have to use the pouch if you like regular underwear these are very comfortable with that you know as regular underwear and you just don't put yourself in the pouch and then they're essentially regular underwear hmm. you know yeah i mean it's and also you say the word exploiting you're not necessarily ex if you can help a certain customer segment it's almost like your job to do that if you if you can give them something better than what they have today you're not it's almost not exploiting right you it's not exploiting it's literally like helping someone in a way that you can you're uniquely qualified to do and that yeah i mean you can do and i was there i wasn't i'm a, I, you know i did two tours in iraq it's i'm not i did the service and honorably and i killed it i and i would do it again because i feel like it really put me through uh like a challenge that helped me develop like as a man is which I kind of, I, and I feel like a lot of, every, I feel like every man should go through some sort of, of military training, even if maybe not deploy, because then you get a little bit of PTSD and I saw way too many dead bodies that we were in. You don't want to get into that. And, and it's hard for me to sleep at night, just saying, but um, I'm actually going to get hypnotized later this afternoon to help with sleep because I, for whatever reason I have like a really tough time sleeping and, um, and it's probably partially related to seeing like hundreds of mutilated dead bodies, which is a hard, anyways, we don't know to get into that. Sorry. <laughs> get back on a positive topic. I really, overall, my service was, um, just a, a, a overall good experience, you know, cause it helped me grow and I made a lot of lifelong friends and, a lot of them are supportive now. Um, a couple of them are dead, but anyways, stay stay positive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, and I get that. I, I hear that from a lot of folks, and it's yeah. Um, yeah. But but the war's like kind of over now. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was a, that was a thing that had to, that happened, and and it's over. And so we're here now, and I think the world is a is we're doing pretty good. In yeah. This, well, and it sounds like the, the and it like the business is doing pretty good as well. So both. Yeah. So then, where do you go from here? You can It sounds like you've, you know, you have you've done over a million dollars. So you have a seven figure business. What's next from here? How do you take it? Like, how do you take it to the next level? How do you ten x the business? Or is that the goal? Well, no, it is. And uh, one, uh, well, okay. So we're going worldwide, which we already were. Are worldwide. We're sold in over seventy four countries, but. That, that's because we ship to, you know, everyone, anyone that will, will order it will ship to wherever you are, Vatican, India, Russia, Australia. Our top, th our top three countries uh, is goes U.S., Canada, U.K., and Germany just started kind of blowing up recently um, because of a podcast. Okay, so that's kind of how we're planning on continuing to grow is just expanding to every country and the world. We actually have distribution in UK and Canada for sales on our sheathunderwear.com site, but we're also on Amazon Prime in UK and Canada, and we're getting into Germany and Abu Dhabi next, which is Abu Dhabi is like in that whole region of Iraq, and, and it's very hot, and I really feel like it would benefit those people there. But, you know, we're still run, facing challenges, and we had been a uh, garage fulfillment, um, you know, sort of company up until 2018, we were doing everything out of our house and, but we 
kind of we out we finally outgrew it. Yeah, and, and where and where are you located? What state? Um, so I'm in Colorado. Okay, but but we were operating out of San Antonio, Texas, and I do have a lot of my team spread out mostly in San Antonio. So it's mostly out of San and, Antonio, though. You're doing all the shipping. We were, yes. Okay, so a little rough of the east, yeah. So the northeast probably not the quickest shipping time. So you started, right. so you did start moving to a three PL at that point. Yes, okay. uh, we, a fulfillment center called Rakuten. Yep. Don't really recommend it because of uh, it turn, we come to find out, you know, they were overcharging us so much, and we we just transitioned to a company called Easy Post. We're actually, I'm sorry, we're in process of transitioning. And they did some analysis of our current costs based on versus what they were going to do for us. And they're going to save us $7,000 a month. I'm hoping that they're not over promising. You know what I mean? Cause that happens so often. I mean, and you say we have like a 35 minute timeline. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm open to talk forever, but like we've had so many people promise us the world and then give us like a big fat goose egg in return. And with three PLs, you get this, you see the bill and this itemized list and there's things in there you don't even realize. Yeah. There's all these like random charges and sometimes you don't even yes. understand like what are these fees and why am I paying? Like you don't even know. And at the end you're like, all right, so they charged me X amount to fill this order. Is that good? Is that bad? Like, and then you go to talk to, you try to, Price shop and it's like, oh no, we try, but their fee structure is so complex that it, there's no, it's, it's very hard to just compare A with B because they're just both so complex. Um, so it it yeah. was it was it was uh, almost to the point where we, I mean, like at one point one day I was like, you guys are going to put us out of business that we they were charging us so much all these extra fees and what and there was just one time in general they took five thousand dollars out of our account and charged us for like a hundred hours at $50 an hour to sort a shipment that we had come in from China. And they said, because it, it came in a, a Connex and it didn't have, they weren't, the, the boxes weren't on pallets. So they had to take them out by hand. And it was just this weird excuse. I was like, but, but okay. So how did that take a hundred hours? You know? And, and they were like, Oh, we'll get back to you. They ended up giving us $1,500 back but never gave us an explanation for the other 3,500. And, you know, it's just like, sorry. And, and I can't get my money back and they have all my product. So, um, you know, we started looking elsewhere and then, but we were talking to them and they started doing better. So we were going to stay with them, but then we talked to easy post, like I said, and, and then we, we did some, you know, checking online to see how, other people felt about their services and it was pretty positive in comparison to Rakuten. So we decided we're, we're going to give them a chance. And if they do save us even, you know, three or $5,000, whatever, then we can really use that money to buy more product, promote more, you know? So I feel like that was part of the reason why we didn't at least double as we had been in the past because they were siphoning that, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars that we could have used to keep growing you know yeah that's a big it's it's funny as you grow like when you're you know you're talking the first five thousand dollar order there's no mm -hmm. there's no room to like miss a like miss some money like you kind of know where all the money is you can just count it it's very <laughs> it's right there it's very basic you know here's where i spent it 
But as you kind of scale, so you're talking a you know one point five million dollar business at this point, you can easily just miss thousands of dollars a month, and it starts to feel like silly. On how did I like how did I miss this like very large number that a few years ago would have you would have like kicked yourself for missing that, but now all of a sudden you can easily just like eh, we just missed five thousand this month. Like, but know what happened? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't lose sleep over it. Whereas in the past, I would have been laying in bed. I do lose sleep, but not because of that, um, you know. But in the, I remember laying in bed just in a state of panic, like, how am I going to get the money to pay for this new order that I just placed? And, um, but we'd always. It's funny how you just always figure out a way. One way that we would get money for new orders is pre-orders so we kind of use the kickstarter method our you know style method technique to uh, for our own website and we would you know tell our customers hey this is coming out in about a month put your pre-orders in now and and we'll give you a discount price for doing so and and that was a method that was very successful and so we try to come out with and we try to come out with new products as often as possible because that gets our return customers coming back and and just I guess allows us to eliminate old products and liquidate those and come you know just keep coming out with new stuff and keep it fresh. So that and that's one of our best ways for making money um, because we've also we've paid well over a hundred thousand dollars over the course of our existence to different influencers on Instagram and YouTube. And typically we'll make our money back, but we don't 10 X, you know, I'll pay a guy $3,000 and we might make $3,000 back off of his audience. And then the idea is that over the course of time, those customers return and then we end up making more, but it's a, it's always a gamble. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, I'm sure you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Quite, so quite I would, often. Well, and he's he's amazing and great and uh, inspirational, and I've read his books and use his methods. But he was one of those guys that promised us the world and gave us nothing. Uh, it was like 2015, 2016, and he had just started Vayner Sports which is an offshoot from VaynerMedia. And he was like, okay, so if there's any small businesses out there, we want you, we want to help you grow. And I'm like, this is Gary V. I trust him. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know why. I just felt like I could trust him. And he didn't directly lie to me in any kind of way. So it wasn't him, but it was like the overall organization. He, he had some of his team reach out to us from Vayner Sports, and we're so excited. You know, like it was like, we get to work with Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like the man. Um, and the the promotion that they suggested to us was a pre-ESPYs uh, party in L.A. where all these NBA and NFL players were going to be. And we were going to be the VIP sponsors of the whole event. And it was $15,000 for this one party, one event, four hours. Um, and I flew my whole team out there. So there was another three or four thousand dollars, and we get there, and we are one of twenty other VIP sponsors. And I met Robert Ori, who was a you know great pro basketball player back in the day. But that was the extent of the value that we got from that event. Like I, met, I didn't get any contracts or any. It was nothing. It was the weirdest thing. So it just like 
I come back home and I have other business owner friends and they don't spend money on advertising. Then I'm, I'm like, I'm always spending money on advertising. And, you know, and that was just another like experience that they pointed to as to why they don't like advertising because they don't get the return on the investment. And, and I just lost 15 grand and, and it is what it is. We just, you know, you gotta be very cautious with, working uh, with people that are promising you uh, more than, you know, what is, yeah, I feel like it was too good to be true. Yeah, and sometimes with advertising, it feels like unless you've done that particular type before to that particular audience and that particular, unless you've really done exactly that before, and you're like, all right, now let's double this. Like, we know this works, let's double it. But you're, the first time you're almost, you almost have to think of them as experiments, right? Because you don't even know what's going to, like, it's, Literally, and if you're okay with experimenting with, you know, 1,500 or 15,000, whatever that number is, it's just, you almost think of it as, I'm just seeing what happens with this. Because the first time you try almost any form of advertising, it's just like a, it's, it's a crapshoot. And, and after you dial it in, then you either know, hey, this is great. I want to double and triple, or this is not so great. Let's kind of dial it back. Yeah. But that's, and that's kind of what I found with advertising that every time. That initial test, it's just an experiment and experiments, some succeed, some fail, but it's okay. But either way you learn. And if it failed, at least you learned what not to do. And <laughs> you learned yeah. sponsoring parties in LA might not be the, the thing. Um, that was not the one. Yeah. And, but our, our, and to elaborate on that, it's interesting because we do use Google and Facebook and those are our primary advertising methods that are consistently every month. You know, we spend about $7,000 a month on those two, but every time, like we'll see uh, one of our ads is killing it. You know, Ooh, we're 10 Xing on this one ad and this, you know, on uh, you know, ROI on this one ad is, is like great. So we go to double it and then all of a sudden it drops then, down. Yeah. So it's like, and that that happened with with Google recently. We were we were 7xing on our Google ads, and so our com- the company running our our and it's they're a good company. I'll promote them. White Shark Media. I think they do a good job. But you know they were like, we should let's we're doing great. Let's go ahead and increase budget and and we'll double revenue. And when you double spend, so we we, we just went from like fifteen hundred to three thousand on that particular promotion and. Our, our, our ROI went to two, you know, so then all of a sudden it's two to one and it's, it's like, I could have just stayed where I was, you know, but we always get greedy, you know, it's like, Ooh, this is working. Let's double it. But then it throws off the algorithm, I think. And then you end up losing money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, at some point you're probably saturating all the, the easy, um, kind of the low hanging fruit. And then to get the next level up, it's just a lot more to reach that next level of people becomes more expensive and another level of that, it's just more. So it is. Yeah. All right. I, I could talk to you about this all day, but I know in the interest of time, I will, <laughs> I will end it there. But if people want to look up the site, kind of find more about you guys, what you guys are working on, um, or if there's anything you want to plug, any Kickstarters, where can they do that? Um, let me just reiterate sheathunderwear.com. We are on Amazon prime, but if you use, um, e-commerce, which is business for what's the, what's the show called exactly? The business of e-commerce. Exactly. Which so we, if you use e-commerce, <laughs> um, a, a promo code during checkout, we'll save 
thirty percent okay. on 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 your first purchase. Uh, so if you want, if any of your listeners want to go to sheetthunderwear.com, when you go to checkout, put in uh, that code and it'll save 30% on your first purchase. You can give us a shot. We do have a hundred percent money back guarantee. So if you don't like them um, on your first pair, you know, don't buy 10 pairs. We're not going to give you all your money back on that per se, but on your first pair, uh, if you don't like them, we'll just give your money back. You don't have to send them back. That's how much we believe in the product. I got it tattooed on my back. I'm head to toe sheath. We actually have some socks coming out. But that's not probably till next, you know, or maybe like uh, like next year. Got some hoodies, hoodies coming out, and but and just a bunch of new uh, styles. So like 13 new styles will be coming out here right before Christmas. And if you check our Instagram, please follow us at Sheath Underwear on all social media. But Instagram in particular, we got a really cool page and a lot of uh, big names you might see, and 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 we really appreciate the support. And uh, we'll support you. You support us, and uh, it's a win-win. And, and all. And when I say we'll support you, I mean the underwear will support <laughs> your boys. Awesome. So, <laughs> all right, people should check that out, especially on Instagram, because it's a product you definitely want to see. So, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate that. Thanks, Charles. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to have me on. And uh, you know, we can do it again anytime. Uh,